Hey, Chili's. It's Meg here. Before I introduce our guest, I do want to congratulate our three-year anniversary winner, Pat George. Congratulations. You get free merch, a t-shirt with our little ghosty friend, and it says Real Chills Podcast on it. I think it's super cute. I should. I made it myself. (laughs) So yeah, that's super awesome. I do also want to mention we do have a Patreon, and the link for all of this merch Patreon is on our Instagram at Real Chills Podcast. Now, our guest, he is super funny. He's a comedian. He's a screenwriter. He has written Hallmark movies, and he's been in them. Uh, His name is Jay Black. He has a really funny Twitter presence at Jay Black is funny. Uh, This episode was super cool. We talked about getting into writing thrillers and what that is like. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Real chills with Meg Getz. Real scary, real silly, real stories. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Chills. Uh, I'm super excited for our guest today. We have Jay Black. Hi Jay, how are you? Hello, I'm so I'm so happy to be here. I showered for no reason. I, 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 I was t- saying earlier before we started, uh, is this a video podcast? And you were like, no. And every time I see Zoom, I'm like, oh, it's got to be video. I should shower. And I should shower every day anyway. I was going to say. But, yeah, I'm glad. You know, I especially showered today for this. So I don't know if you can smell me through the computer, but I am I am very fresh. Yeah, you smell great. Irish Spring. Is that what you're using oh, these yeah. days? <laughs> yeah, I saw the Super Bowl commercial and I was like, it looks like midsummer. So I'm in. Yeah. It. Yeah, Did totally. Did you see that Super Bowl commercial for Irish Spring? I had to have because I watched this. I what happens in it? Remind me. It's a guy shows up on like a like an Irish island and they are like, we take our smell. Oh, seriously. yeah, that and was so scary. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, it's like Irish spring and midsummer. <laughs> that was pretty intense. All of the commercials were like all like all over the place. It's my favorite part of yeah. the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's I think everybody's favorite part, especially Cincinnati's favorite part. Yeah, yeah. Because they had to watch their team be terrible. Yeah, and I was rooting for them. What's weird is I'm not a sports person, but if you give me a reason to root for somebody, I get way too invested. Like, my friends were like, why are you so invested? You didn't care. Right. And I'm like, I don't know. You told me that they never won something, and I get that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know? that's a very empathetic response to sports. You know, I, yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I actually kind of like, you know, I was I always rooted for the Patriots. Uh, I don't have any rooting interest in the Patriots. I just loved how much everybody else hated them. So I just wanted to keep it going. I just love seeing you riled up. I'm like, you know what? We (laughs) need something to rally around. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. Oh, well, I'm in Philly. Well, you know, you're in Philly too. So I remember how cool it was when the Eagles won for the first time. So I wanted Cincinnati to feel that, but maybe next year. (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) uh, it was, it was very nice. I, you, you realize when something like that happens, just how invested other human beings are into a team and it almost it makes you feel a little sad for them like <laughs> yeah. what I mean is, like sure. i'm happy to have a hobby but there's never been anything in my life where you know i was yeah even my kids team i i it's yeah. like okay cool you won <laughs> but you know it's it's difficult for me to get riled up about uh, a, a 
group of people that has no relationship to me whatsoever, except the city that I'm in paid them money. Like it just, right. it, it's like it's like rooting for the comp troller. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man, I hope the Philadelphia (laughs) City Comptroller crushes it this year. I kind of see sports and sports talk for some men, not all. This is a very broad statement, but I see it as their way of, like, showing emotions, right? Like, me and my girlfriends will sit and we'll talk and we'll talk about how we're feeling. But, you know guys get so, to express how they're like if they're pissed off about work they can be like the yankees suck you know and everyone's like oh that's a fair way to emote <laughs> I, I think that's 100 true now i say all this having worked at a uh talk radio station for the last 12 years uh sports mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. i i think that the second component is everybody loves drama but oh, men yeah. are not allowed to engage in gossipy drama. Like it's it's not seen as very masculine to mm-hmm. be like, oh, do tell about Debbie's divorce. Like you can't do that. <laughs> but sure. you you can engage in sports drama. And right. if you look if you look over the course of the season, that entire thing is just a storyline from a Full soap opera. Yeah. Yeah. And like you hear things like, oh, so and so. Like you remember when uh, LeBron's teammate maybe had sex with LeBron's mother? Like five or six years ago. I'm not that far in sports, but that's the sports I want to know. Like right. that, and, <laughs> that's and amazing. In the playoffs, and you're watching Cleveland going, oh my God, this is amazing. Terrible. Um, by the way, can you hear my children shouting in the other room or no? I don't think so, but it's good to know okay. that that's what's happening in case later on people are hearing you know, that. My, <laughs> my, my, my daughter and my, my two daughters and my wife are watching the puppy bowl upstairs. So <gasps> they're, they're rewatching they're sh- it. <laughs> well, no, I'm a cord cutter. So I okay. don't have animal planet. I couldn't put it on. And I told Got my it. six-year-old, listen, you're not getting the puppy bowl. I'm sorry. Maybe at a friend's house. And uh, <laughs> after two days, I was like, I'll subscribe to discovery plus if you just stop. So I did. She's watching it on Discovery Plus. You got my money, Discovery Plus. I hope you're happy. What a good dad. You give in after a while. (laughs) Daughters have uh, a very emotional way of uh, making their fathers feel terrible. And you just go like, all right, fine. Okay. And and she's so excited. The six-year-old, this is the happiest she's ever been about anything. Now, what's weird is on the puppy bowl, one of the dogs slept with one of the other dogs' mother. Uh, same thing I going heard on. about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's so dramatic. Yeah, amazing. It's pretty intense. <laughs> wow, I think it's fair man. to say uh, one of them is quite a bitch. Because <laughs> it's oh, a dog. No. It's a dog. It's all right to do that. You can cut that. But no, keep it. I think it's wonderful. All no, right. we'll keep it. Don't worry. <laughs> We're not cutting anything. <laughs> but yeah, so um, there's a question we always like to ask our guests when they come on the podcast. And it is sure. when it comes to the supernatural, do you find yourself to be more of a skeptic or like, are you all in true believer? I am so much of a skeptic. Mm-hmm. Here, I got a couple of feelings on this. And here's what I'll tell you. Uh, number one reason why I'm a skeptic is uh, I don't want to live in a world where after you die, you have unfinished business. <laughs> if you yeah. do, it means either there's no heaven or heaven is not. It's like a bad theme park. It's like Clem- Clementon Park. Like it's just not a great place to go. Right. And everybody <laughs> hyped it up because if I die, and I'm still concerned about like which of my grandchildren got my watch. Well, <laughs> it, 
that's a bad afterlife so far yeah. as I'm concerned. So, <laughs> so that that's my first reason for not believing. Uh, my second, I got three actually. My my second reason is every single psychic I've ever talked to who tries to talk to the other side does the same thing I do when my wife asks me if I know what day this is. <laughs> okay. Just like, oh yeah, no, sure. Um, I know it starts with the letter W. Like it's never. Like right. if my if if my grandmother was talking to you, she would not like. I just don't understand why ghosts are on the other side, like playing charades. You know, like right. it's, or it starts with a W, but don't tell them the word. Just say W. <laughs> and my third reason is I had a mother who uh, was dying of liver cancer. She was in hospice care and was just being pumped full of drugs, and I was sitting with her. Uh, you know, waiting for her to pass. And uh, she calls me over to the bed. And uh, now you got to understand my mom and dad got divorced when I was 11 because my dad was cheating on her with the woman that he eventually married, right? Mm. Now, I was engaged to my wife at the time. Mm. Uh, My mom had seen the engagement, but she knew she wasn't going to live for the wedding. So she pulls me over and she goes, Jay, now just I'm not going to do the voice, but just imagine a very hospicey, cancer-laden voice. She goes, uh, "Jay, uh, I'm I'm not going to make it to the wedding, and I know that uh, me and your dad's uh, new wife never got along, and I know that there's going to be a mother-son dance at the wedding, and I just want to tell you, and I want you to remember this: that bitch is not your mother, and never will be. If you dance with her." I will come back from the dead and murder you. Oh, I, you didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. I thought you were going to say, and I did that and she didn't, um, didn't get no. murdered. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh-huh. I did, I'm just painting the picture right. of what my Italian mother, who uh, just filled with the inchoate rage, you know, right. just, just sure. amorphous, could not let go of a grudge for the life of her. If right. that woman gets to the afterlife and finds out whatever you find out about everything, if she didn't come back and haunt my dad and his new <laughs> wife, didn't haunt me, wasn't moving stuff around in the house, mm-hmm. then there's there's no way back. That woman would have fought <laughs> to get past the river sticks or whatever to come back and destroy my dad's life. That's the kind of woman <laughs> she was. If she didn't, there's either a heaven that you can't get back from or we're just infinite blackness till the end of time. So those are the two choices that we have. I don't think there's coming back from that. This was the most aggressively skeptical opinion I think we've ever had on real chills. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. like, okay, well, I guess this podcast doesn't exist anywhere. No, but um, I, you know, see, I like what, I like your thought process because there are a lot of times we talk about like ghost stories and it's, you see their ghost at their job, like the job they right. worked as humans. And I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare. I can't imagine yeah. that ever. That makes me sad. I hope that's not it. But to me, it's more accepting the unknown of it. Like, you know, maybe, maybe because we talked to like a paranormal investigator when it's like, when you think about like the first cell phone ever created, right? How hard it was to get good service and how like spotty it would like come in. Like maybe we just all have like the, the first phone version of communication with ghosts, you know, like they, they want to, or, you know, 
I don't know. No, so it's stuff like here, that. I, I need to say this. I find uh, atheists, and I include someone who would be willing to uh, say that there's no chance of paranormal activity to be just like an atheist. I find them to be uh, obnoxious uh, just as much as true believers are. I think right. agnosticism is the only uh, uh, smart way to go through life. And that's to say, I don't think my mom's on the other side, you know, knocking out, uh, you know, curses to me about my stepmom. Um, but I, I can't say that she isn't either because I'm not dead. Right. I remember when I was when I was 13, I was like, I should just kill myself. But <laughs> oh I wasn't God. depressed. No, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I wasn't depressed. It was like, well, I was depressed, but that's not why I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to kill myself because in my head I was like, well, there's only two choices. There's right. either an afterlife where I get all the answers or there's nothing. Either yeah. way, no downside. And <laughs> I don't have to wait through I won't know. 60, yeah. 60 years worth of bullshit. <laughs> to right. just get to the end. I'll just skip the line. That's the, right. That was my thinking when I was 13. And I did, luckily I didn't have access to a weapon or else I might've gone through with it. Thanks, just because gosh. it was like, it's, yeah, I got to sit around and just live life. That sounds terrible. <laughs> um, At 13, so, you were feeling, 13, I was like on the high of my life. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. everything is perfect. That didn't hit me yeah. until at least 16, 17 when I was like, oh. Well, it, just, just <laughs> so you know, like the, the actual, uh, for me anyway, the actual sort of uh, clinical depression didn't hit until it usually does, which is like 1920. Sure. It, yeah. it, it was, I was sad about, you know, middle school because <laughs> that mean look at me. Uh, but yeah, middle school was rough and I was a weird kid. But I was just sitting there going like, oh, geez, there there might be an afterlife, in which case, cool. I, I get there before I do any major sinning. Um, right. And, uh, but if there's not, what's the point of going through life? I got to sit through 60 years to just go to the infinite blackness of nothing. So yeah. either way, let's just skip it. But I didn't do it. And I would Thank not gosh, recommend yeah. any kids at home to do that. But <laughs> yeah, it's, any 13-year-olds listening. Yeah. So <laughs> I, it, this is just a long way of saying I, I am very skeptical, but I am not sure. And I think that's the only reasonable position to have because who knows? And if I was ever presented with evidence beyond I'm getting a W, like I would, I would be very interested in that. But so long that's, as it's some yeah. guy in a in a $800 suit uh, that he's trying to make look like an $8,000 suit in like the, the conference room of a Radisson going, I, right. I'm sensing someone here had a dad who died of a heart attack. And everybody goes, oh my God, he's getting <laughs> something from the other side. That, so long as it, when it's not that calm, that's all I'm saying. Well, the second that happens, because I've had some skept- people who were as highly skeptical as you are have a paranormal experience that just completely changed the course of their beliefs. So if you ever mm-hmm. have one of those, I want the exclusive on this podcast. I want you 100%. to come on and be like, everything has changed. I don't know. I don't I wish that on you, but if it does happen, then I would like to hear about it. I wish it on me. I, it would be <laughs> wonderful. If like a monstrous uh, uh, poltergeist was like moving through my house, destroying stuff, that'd be awesome. I'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah. It certainly means there's something on the other side. Let's go. Yeah, that's what did it for me. I grew up in a haunted house. So my whole life, it, like, there was no question for me. I was like, yep, 
there's probably more. Is it what we think ghosts are? I don't know, but I there's should, a lot I of unexplained you, I stuff. I don't want to up one up you, but I grew up in something worse than a haunted house, which is a Catholic household. <laughs> um, so okay. I dealt with far more than you did. I Fair. would have much rather had an angry poltergeist than an angry belief that any masturbation I did would lead exactly to hell. <laughs> I also have an Irish Catholic mom, but um, mm. it's fine. We we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't believe in the ghosts. I'm like, but you do a little bit because yeah. you talk well, about you believe it in the Holy Ghost at least, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of mental gymnastics we have to fight through. <laughs> sure, for sure. Cool. So I did prepare a story for you. I'm gonna try to make it quick because I really want to talk about you making thrillers because that's so cool um but i thought we could talk about a super popular monster scary filmmaker and his run-ins with ghosts so today we're going to talk about guillermo del toro and an interview he did yeah isn't he great oh man Mm -hmm. yeah um so he did an interview with the rte ireland's national public service media and the interviewer brings up the first line of his movie crimson peak have you seen crimson peak I have not seen Crimson Peak. That that's sort of that's like the incest one, right? Is that the incest one? I don't no, remember. No Is Hold it? On. Oh no! Look it up we're talking. <laughs> I you didn't think it was. I've seen it, and I remember really liking it. And I know there's a love story in it. I don't remember incest. Oh yeah, no, there's it's an incest movie. Yeah. Okay. Why can't we just have things? I just I'm so sick of incest being a thing in. <laughs> in movies and books and stuff i just want well no hold on most specifically in pornography Mm. if any pornographers i I seriously stop with mix it up yeah (laughs) mix it up how about this they just meet it doesn't have to be a stepmom yeah it could be anything they just they both like the same fish at a restaurant oh (laughs) nice and then they have sex it doesn't have to be Okay. Oh yeah. My so God. Crimson Peak. I'm sorry. Go on. I didn't mean. To no, that's okay. Now I know it's an incest movie, which only lessens it in my heart a little bit. I still loved it. Still recommend yeah. it. Um, in the movie, it starts off really strong. It goes, "Ghosts are real." So they ask Guillermo if he's ever seen a ghost. To which he replies, "Yes, I have two stories." The and this is um, paraphrased. He said, "Yes, I have two stories. The opening of the film when the girl is visited by the ghost. That happened to my mother." She used to tell us as kids she was visited by the ghost of her grandmother and she could feel her perfume. She felt her laying on the bed and heard the springs creeping. And then she could feel a hand lying on her shoulder. And that story stayed in my head for many, many years. Okay. Isn't that so scary? (laughs) That is so scary. So I don't think it's scary at all. That to me sounds sweet. Well, I mean, like, yeah, the hand on your shoulder, your grandma's coming back. I mean, why? Here's the thing. And I, I just mean this in general. If you got a lot of why would a ghost have any rage? Right. right? Sure. You got to the end of life. You got all of infinity going right. out in front of you. Why are you still upset about something? If anything, maybe you show back up like Matthew McConaughey in uh, uh, Interstellar. To, you know, through the power of love to say, hey, to your daughter or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like to me, I don't mean to, uh, I don't mean to undo the, the show. I know it's a chills podcast, but I, I would be like, if, 
my grandmom came back and was laying in bed and I like could smell her perfume and I, it wasn't an incest situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, Hopefully I not. Like I, setting, I hope the same pornographer is taking notes. It's like, Oh yeah. I like that. Grandma comes back grandma, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, Oh, Hey grandma. Nice. Yeah. And I, I will say this podcast isn't just about like, like scaring people. It, we do have oh. a lot of people talking about like nice experiences they've had, like, from beyond um and i do think it's more even like even more like it could be like a goodbye right like if you miss yeah. your grandma or if you're you because again the fear of the unknown it's almost like a comfort to be like oh you know she's still with me in some way right so that, that is really cool yeah. yeah i mean if you if you you think about it um uh, what was i just about to say with the the love Sorry. <laughs> no it's all right I'll think of it later. Go on. Let's. Uh, oh no, I I just thought of it. I, I I read somewhere that like in America, when someone has a psychotic break and starts hearing voices, the voices say terrible things, like "Hey, go kill everybody at your school." Right. Mm-hmm. In Africa, the same people who have a psychotic break, they hear voices telling them, "Hey, you look really good today." Like they hear positive. Oh wow! The hearing voices in other countries. So what they've determined is psychotic breaks are a physical thing, but what you hear when the voices whisper to you is a cultural thing or an attitudinal thing. And I think that there might be something to that too in how you interpret the kinds of stories that we're talking about here. Right. You know, Guillermo del Toro obviously dark sensibility thank goodness because his movies are fantastic um but of course that's going to be like a scary thing but i think that there's a a way to interpret all of that is like hey cool thanks grandma Uh, how's elvis yeah and his culture he does try to like bring culture into like the things that he makes and um the spanish culture is very spiritual and believes in you know that there's more out there maybe not so much i don't know how far into the paranormal but um yeah. Well, Definitely. they do the Day of the Dead, right? Or is that that's just Mexico? I think that's that... Mexico. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh my God, I'm gonna get canceled. <laughs> canceled. Now we can't release this. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. We're not all. <laughs> I know you're not the same. I just thought maybe it was a Spanish-speaking thing. Oh no. Um. So there's only one really quick other story, and then we'll get into yeah. all the cool stuff you do. So this one is is actually scary. Um, he said, "I heard a murder." A ghostly, horrible okay. scream in a little hotel in Waitoma, New Zealand. Just in the middle of the night, I'm con- like, I'm convinced I heard a murder in my in the room. It was pretty scary. And then he goes on to be like, if you want to go, it was this little hotel. I think it was room 12. You should all go see it. And I was like, right. no, thanks. <laughs> so well, I, I, again, could have been a murder or could have been a honeymoon. And the guy knew what sure. he was doing. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I'm just saying. <laughs> is it, I mean, there's sounds that can double. Uh, you know, I, yeah, the only did time he that check? I ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You hear a murder, but it could just be a girl screaming because the guy finally hit the right spot. Right. You know, like yeah. she's she was moving him around, moving him around, just like, oh, it's never gonna happen. Then it happened, and it's not really <laughs> like a murder. And it'd be like a lot of thumping with that. So, I don't know. I mean, I would like to, I, I know you're joking, but I hope I could tell the difference between screams just for the public yeah. safety aspect of it. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, yes. There, the, <laughs> and what I'll say is uh, through a hotel room, I have spent 
a majority of my life in hotel rooms and I've heard right. many things on the other side and I've always imagined what could be going on. And uh, it's usually not what I think it is, except yeah. one night in Hers Hershey, Pennsylvania, there was a uh, drug bust in the hotel room next to mine. There was a meth dealer in there and they uh, police kicked the door down at like three o'clock in the morning. And uh, I went down to the management and was like, Hey, you know, weird about that meth dealer last night, huh? Hoping I'd get some sort of like, sure. yeah, sorry. And he was just like, uh-huh. And that was it. So don't go to Hershey, <laughs> Pennsylvania or the hotel Guillermo del Toro was at. Yeah. A couple of places not to visit. Uh, right. The opposite of recommendations here. That's all we give. When the sports world was introduced to two new team names within a week, comedian Dave Primiano told his friend and fellow comedian Dan Getz, we should do a limited series podcast where we rank all the team names in sports. And they did just that. And after they were done, they decided, hey, let's just keep ranking stuff. Thus was born the Rank Bank, where each week they are joined by a panel of experts, aka fellow comedians, to rank all things ranging from the unimportant to the really unimportant. New episodes drop on Mondays and sometimes Tuesday if it's a two-parter. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore rank underscore bank. But yeah, those are the stories that I had for the shiver. Um, he also saw a spaceship and I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but it's really funny because he's like, I didn't want to see a UFO. And on top of that, it was horribly designed. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a stylist. Yeah, he was like very upset. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm embarrassed to say it looks exactly like what you think UFOs look like. Embarrassing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if like it'd be nice if the aliens came down and was like, "That's why we were looking for you, Guillermo. We need help, right? The vision, so that we can be more awe-inspiring when we please, come down. yeah. Shape of water, our UFO, Guillermo. We need you. <laughs> oh yeah, make our make our water into a big fish penis, <laughs> yeah. or our spaceship into a big fish penis, right? <laughs> Well, I'm really excited you're here, and I wanted to talk to you about uh, your experience writing movies, working for Hallmark. Um, but I think the big question to ask first is, what got you into writing movies in the first place? Uh, so I took a course in movie writing in college by accident. I took creative writing, <laughs> and uh, the guy who taught it like, said, I'm not going to teach you how to write short stories and poems. And if you, if you want to do that, leave. And everybody Ooh. groaned. And he was like, how many poems did you read last year? Not for school. Right. And, you know, the answer was zero because nobody reads poetry. Mm -hmm. uh, how many short stories did you read? The answer was like one because nobody reads short stories. But he said, everybody watches movies. So I'm going to teach you how to write movies. So that kind of went into the lockbox of my brain. And uh, 10 years later, uh, my best friend, uh, Brian Herzlinger, made a movie called My Date with Drew, uh, which was a documentary about him trying to get a date with Drew Barrymore. And his career oh. kind of blew up. And uh, he was getting a lot of calls to say, like, what do you want to do for a follow up? And uh, I happened to be out in L.A. and we took a took a walk. And he was like, can I bounce some ideas off you? And by the time we got back from the walk, we were writing partners. 
because awesome. we, we worked really well together. So uh, we early, so all of the stuff that I learned in college came back, you know, in, into writing this, just like structure and that sort of stuff. So sure. I wasn't learning new. Uh, we wrote one script that was terrible. Okay. And then we wrote a second script that if it were, if it were made, I would definitely be canceled and deservedly so. <laughs> okay. Sure. It was written 15 years ago and it was Brian and I just trying to make each other laugh, not oh, really taking no. seriously the proposition that we would actually be screenwriters. Right. So he had an agent. And that agent sent it out and we got calls from everybody. Everybody called us and said, this is the funniest script I've ever written. I've ever read. And I went, Oh my God, great. You're going to make it. And they go, Oh no, <laughs> we showed it to my boss and he hated it. My God. He thought it was the so most terrible funny. thing ever, but <laughs> that got us in the door because they were like, okay, they, they entertained us. Okay. So we, we did a whole bunch of stuff, uh, you know, in the studio system, like we got a gig at Lionsgate writing a Bruce Willis movie. We got a gig uh, with the guy who produced the wedding crashers to do another wedding movie. Uh, but none of them were getting made. You right. know, and that's super frustrating. Now you get paid and that's good, but none of them were getting made. And my, my writing partner wanted to be a director and, you know, it's, it's one thing to write a script for a movie that's going to be a $30 million comedy and you get paid and it's a nice paycheck, but they don't make it. Uh, and it's another thing entirely to direct a movie. Even if that got made, he probably wasn't going to direct it. So we sort of shifted, you know, moving into the independent space, doing work for people that uh, wanted to make movies. And, and like, you know, a lot of people who's like, oh, it was always my dream to make a movie. I'm going to hire you guys to write the script. Cool. But from there, we made a lot of friends in the independent producing market. And uh, we took a meeting with them. And uh, we, we, they asked us if we had any Valentine's Day movies. And uh, I said immediately, no, and got up to leave. And my writing partner said, we actually have one. And he was smart thinking and taking an existing romantic comedy that we wrote and turning it into a Valentine's Day movie. They made it into a movie. And from there, we were off and running. And, you know, I think our, you know, ninth or tenth, well, actually, no, I, I think it's my seventh, TV movie will be coming out uh, in April. So, wow. you know, it's congratulations. A, yeah, I don't know. So I, I don't watch them. I just write them. <laughs> you don't uh, watch them? Nah, not really. Uh, I had one that came out uh, last, what was it, October, October 2021. I had written it in 2011 or 12 with my writing partner. Wow. And they shelved it. We never got a call back. We handed it into the production company. And we were expecting to get notes and they were mm -hmm. like, nah, we're good. See ya. And then hey. 10 years later, I get a call and they're like, Hey, how do you want your name to appear in the credits? And I was like, pardon, what credits, what's happening? And yeah. they said, Oh, your movie. Done. So, uh, Jeez. I didn't watch that one. Listen, it's, it, I don't know why it's just it's like, I don't watch my stand up either. It's just like, it's done. It's gone. You spend so much time with it. It's like, I don't know. I ejected it into the world and now I don't need to, to check it out. I watched your, uh, it's, is it Love Always Santa? I'm sorry. I always, Love Always Santa. Yeah, yeah that's I just watched homework. it. I illegally watched it on YouTube. I'm sorry. I didn't pay no, you for no, it. No, no. <laughs> I urge everyone to do it.
because Hallmark does <laughs> not pay me residuals for writing. So that's please, so rude. But um, pirate away. <laughs> okay, everyone, watch it on YouTube before they take it down. But it was great. I really liked it. I have to ask. This is not a serious question at all. Are you required to have a Santa-like character in every? Christmas home because the post guy was very Santa-esque but he wasn't yes. Santa no so Hallmark does not like magical stuff in their their movies they want it all grounded got it I, I but I think you know Brian and I that was our first Hallmark movie that we wrote and I, I think in our head we wanted to kind of sneak in a little uh, Santa mysticism. Yeah. So uh, we, we wrote it in. And I, I think the prevalence of that in so many of those movies is probably the same thing, which is this has to be a grounded romantic comedy, but like maybe I can slide in a little something magical. I noticed it. I liked it. That movie is, it's very fun. Um, I like the premise that this guy just writes letters to kids. <laughs> like, what does he yeah. do? Anyway, the rest of my big question was like, what does he do for the rest of the year? Just wait. Or maybe he makes, no, it's not a lot of money. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting way off well, track. No, this is what he, happens. No, no, no. I, I thought <laughs> of this. He, he lives off the residuals. He's a very from successful his, oh, author. Right, from his book. Yeah. That makes so perfect he, sense. he gets a lot of residuals Cool. Uh, and uh, he doesn't have to do it. This, is just the only writing that he can get done because he's blocked since his wife left him. Also, uh, I don't know if you've heard this, but you look incredibly different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like when I, I watched was, it, I, I was like, you're Hank. <laughs> yeah. I was so confused. My, my wife uh, refers to that time as my soft boy period. You have a baby um, face. That's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I still have the baby face, but um, I grew a beard, so you that can't helps. see it. Perfect. And I, I I I'm very upset about this because uh, my wife thinks I look so much better with the beard, mm. and literally every other person when they see me goes, "Oh my god, you look so good with the beard," it, which doesn't make me feel good about how I look. It just means like, oh, my face was the problem. Like, <laughs> all, all along it was yeah. just my big doughy face when i covered it it's like oh yeah you look actually pretty hot now and i'm like okay well uh next time i'll know next life i'll know do not let the baby face out i think yeah, it just no, matured was, you a little bit you know yes yeah <laughs> yes i was i was very soft during that time <laughs> But yeah, all of your lines were really funny in that. And um, so what is it like going from writing something like that? That's very sweet. It, it had a lot of emotional. I was like surprised at how emotional it made me at points um, with well, like the dead husband. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, how do you switch from something like that to writing like a thriller? So here's the thing with with at least for me, I don't know if other guys would say this. Uh, or or girls or anybody who writes, it, to me the joy of it is the puzzle of it. Sure. You know, like a, a script for TV has to be eighty seven pages long. It's got to have a first act that ends before page twenty, and a third act mm. that begins after page you know sixty eight. And uh, along the way, um, you have to hit all of the important emotional beats and you know uh, whatever genre you're doing you just got to build it into that structure and to me it's the 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 details of it are 
sort of immaterial to okay. the actual process of writing the script. And, and I, I, again, you know, you might, you might look at the, the Lifetime movies I did and go, hey, you know what, Jay, you're wrong. You should have sucked to the Christmas movies because that, that process is not the same. But, <laughs> okay. You know, but like you did, it's the same thing. Like you think about a character and you say, what does that character want? And what is the obstacles in the way of that character getting what they want? Okay. And, uh, you know, it's just in a Hallmark movie, they want to kiss at Christmas time. In a Lifetime movie, they don't want a knife in their head. You know? so <laughs> sure. you, okay. You, you yeah. Know, so once you start from that premise, it kind of writes itself, right? You know, like you, you just think, at least for me, I think about like, uh, you know, what are women afraid of? Because mm. it is, I, I don't want to gender this, but it is a, a channel for women. No, by that's women. fair. Yeah. So, so I, I, and it's, it's interesting. The first thing is when I first started writing these, I had to learn that I am a man and I, my, my prejudice, the, my internal prejudice is I always have the man as the hero. Mm. Uh, it's just like in my brain, it's like the boyfriend or whatever. You don't like the that. one saving the day. And, <laughs> yeah. and Lifetime was like, Jay, let us explain what our, what our channel is. That's not what we do. So mm. I had to break myself of that habit. But, you know, I just think it's something that scares women, you know, and it seems to me like a disruption of life that was unasked for, or yeah. especially a disruption of life that comes from a sin, either she committed or her husband committed, that allows that in, you know, that that's where you start. And once you get whatever premise that is, it's, it's kind of just you're filling in backfill from there. It's crazy because I was just it's crazy that you say that because I was just talking to my boyfriend yesterday and thinking about how off I was like, do you ever like did you ever think about how like. How at any moment a thing can happen that just changes your life, like I, like and he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, like, you can't like one those moments where you're like, oh, I wish I would give anything to take that back. And then you can't, and right. then you just have to move forward. And he's like, go to bed. <laughs> like, that was the end of that. I was like, you're right. I, I think I drank too much coffee, but it you is know, like you know a very unsettling feeling and thought. So when I was in college, my professor, and you got to remember I was in college in the nineties, used to say that there are male stories and female stories. And this is a mythological thing, you know, that okay. in a male story in mythology, it's about a guy going out and going on an adventure, then coming home. But a female story is about a woman who's at home and the adventure comes to her. Mm -hmm. And she has to somehow push that adventure back to reestablish her home. Like home is sort of the, the goal. And I, I don't believe that, you know, to gender that story is, is correct. But I do believe that, that home is something precious to the audience that watches Lifetime. And those kind of disruptions are what, what get you. Second thing I would say is now that I have daughters, it's a lot easier to realize that it is just built into women to feel that. Like my daughter came down the other day and she was like, again, please don't cancel me. I write for women. That's not my job. Uh, not you, I'm just saying to the listener. My, my daughter who is 11 mm -hmm. said, uh, my biggest fear is a murderer comes into the house. And I was like, well, that makes sense. But she was like, I'm not done yet. A murderer comes into the house and kills everybody who's awake. But mm. I worry if I wake up during the night, I'll wake up when the murderer comes. And I was like, 
you're literally insane. That's the most insane thing I've ever, like, why would a murderer do that? Like what? Like, Only the that, awake ones? Like he comes in, everybody's <laughs> asleep and he's like, ah, oh, God damn, I got to go again. Okay. Maybe come during the day, murderer who kills people who is not asleep. But, you know, like, it, yeah. it, I don't think of stuff like that. But having women in my life, you go like, wow, the home is the most important thing, whether it be a metaphorical home or a, a, a an actual home. And, you know, there's a lot. And I'll, I'll say this, too. I My eyes have been opened by Reddit about the kind of stuff women deal with. Oh, like right. Yeah. The, the, the DMs that women get. Have you ever gone to Reddit? They have creepy DMs. Uh, I mean, I'm a or, woman. So. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. You don't need to do it. I know, maybe not now, but when I was younger, I did have those DMs. And I've had stalkers, I've had creepy men say creepy things to me. So I know, I'm aware of it, yeah. No, but what you said to your boyfriend where it's going to happen in a second, Mm -hmm. like you read those exchanges and I'm happy to say I've never lived my life like this. I can't, I don't understand these guys. Oh man, yeah. she, She says one thing and the guy immediately turns into a monster. And that's just over DM. And you realize like women are scared of a lot of stuff because men are horrible. And like, you're constantly on that edge of like, is this the time I look at the guy the wrong way and he interprets it the wrong way. And now he's going to come into my life uninvited. And I think that whole paranoia is like, the lynch is the lever by which lifetime moves you know right is you know it's a lot of those different stories of like hey he he got the wrong idea and now he he's here and i don't want him to be here do you think lifetime is going to stay based in reality like hallmark is or do you think they'll ever do more like spooky stuff or is it because this all sounds like i have like two like there's true crime and then there's paranormal i listen to both true crime it's oftentimes more scary but do you think they'll ever like loosen the reins and do like kind of spooky stuff or is it just men being scary you know i i I think i think so long as you're hitting the like lifetime's looser than hallmark anyway like if you write a uh christmas movie for lifetime you can you can actually have it be somewhat pg Right. You know, instead of Hallmark, where the existence of sex is just a myth. Um, <laughs> you know, I never thought of that, but that's so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, the, I I think so long as it hits the genre beats that they're looking for, which is, you know, you can have a a uh, kind of out there premise with grounded characters. And I, I think they just want something women can relate to, a, a, a protagonist right. that makes them feel like this could be their life. Yeah, totally. So you can do that, and then it's like some scary pumpkin head is trying to kill you. And then, all right, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> could be. As long yeah. as it's grounded. <laughs> uh, do you like w- which type of movie? Do you, is it the same to you, or do you have a preference for like which type you you like to write? This is going to sound so awful, but no, I, I don't have a. That's okay. A, a preference, <laughs> and I, because it sounds like I don't have any artistic uh skin in the game and you know i know like you can't be an artiste and write tv movies for lifetime but I, the to me the real art is filling the assignment up in a way that 
is still entertaining and interesting and right. not kind of just giving into cliche. One of the things I'm most proud of about Love Always Santa is, you know, if you look at the reviews of it, they if you like it or don't like it, they'll at least go, this isn't like every other Hallmark movie. It's a little bit weirder. It's a little bit more out there. It's a little funnier. So I go, mm-hmm. okay, well, I've accomplished my goal. I got a movie sold and it, it wasn't exactly and made. like every other movie. Yeah. 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 That's, that's awesome. That to me is the artistry. And even if you said to me, like, write an action movie or write a, you know, I wrote an action movie called The Bus Driver. Uh, it's <laughs> available cool. on VOD. Uh, it's it, all the, it's just problem solving. And that's the right. joy of it. You know, there's nothing better than like sitting on set and they go, hey, you know that scene on the merry-go-round? Well, we don't have a merry-go-round. So how are we going to fix that? And we're going, <laughs> okay. What threads do this pull? How do we make it so this works even when the, the the situation doesn't want it to? Wow, that's so cool. Unfortunately, I do. I need to leave. I feel like, I mean, this is like a dumb compliment, but I do feel like I could listen to you talk about writing for as someone that I'm like in comedy. I'm a big writing nerd, too. But like you can tell like you're passionate about it. So it's like it is very engaging, I guess, the same as like with your movies. It kind of draws you in. Um, So if people want to see your comedy or watch your movies, where can they find you? The best the time that I'm spending the most of my life on is Twitter. Come find me on Twitter. J Black is funny. J-A-Y-B-L-A-K. B-L-A-C-K. I know how to spell my name. (laughs) I-S-F-U-N-N-Y. J Black is funny. Come find me. Be my friend on Twitter and retweet me a lot and then I'll be happy. Awesome. Great. Well, this was this went so fast. I really appreciate you being here. Appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Real Chills is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Chaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories. Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.